Welcome to A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Podcast. You sound loud. I'm Jesse. And I'm Eric. And yes, here we are. How have you been? Uh, pretty good. I mean, I, I might as well start on this. You saw a video of me getting pulled out of a ditch. I did. Yeah. Uh, turns can out... play that video right now. Okay, there you go. See the video of getting pulled out. I guess the, the prerequisite to that is I was up doing cottage things on a cottage dirt road. Made the mistake of parking on the shoulder. When I decided to leave the shoulder, I guess there was more sand under my right side than I had hoped for, and, and I couldn't get back to the road. So, sort of stranded, just a little bit off the road. It didn't look that bad, but it was stuck, and yeah, got pulled off the road. Although, the video starts in a place where I'm already nose-end into the ditch, because we had already tried and broke two straps trying to pull the car out. Put on a heavier-duty strap. Most use out of the tow hitch I'd probably ever going to get. Because well, that's what we hooked on to to pull the car out. Bet you're glad you had it. Yeah. So. However, what what is it? 300 bucks well spent? Something like that. That's good. That's great. I went to my parents' trailer. And I did something finally after all these years that I should have done. But I never did. On Friday night, I finally got my boater's license. <laughs> It's just something I always said I was going to do, and then I never did. Because much like mowing the lawn and stuff like that, my dad has a very particular way about the way things are done. So you had a particular way about boating specifically. Well, on his boat. So I assumed, sort of rightfully so, that I would never have used it anyways. But I had it, and we went boating, and he went to shut the door. I sat in the seat, and he walked and said get out of the seat and i pulled the temporary license out of my pocket and i said not today so that was enough to convince him to let you drive the boat well he still made me wait until we got it out of the boathouse but that water up there has just fucked everything up unbelievably so how i mean the boathouse is already sort of falling apart yes but the water being so high it's even worse now like they've basically had to cut all the way to the roof in order to get the majority of the boathouses out they've lost an entire row of boathouses. There's two on the end of my dad's row that are completely gone. Hmm. So it is sinking. But that's, that's we, pretty brutal. Oh, bunny rabbit. Just in your backyard. Nice. It's nice. We get to see nature. We get a view of my backyard. Um, it's just one of those things. My dad's been building up. And then one time... They went into the boathouse, and there was just a snapping turtle just sitting where the dock was. But because the dock's underwater, the snapping turtle is now just in its world. It was huge. So they are. The whole thing around that is they're not allowed to repair or rebuild any boathouses Rebuilding is the, the thing you're not able to do. If you, like... My dad has repurposed things and has added new, new um, planks and whatnot. But you can't, like, you can't really repair. It's now, I forget how it would be defined, but it's now illegal to do so. So, what's the big push all about to stop people from having boathouses anymore? Because the boats haven't gone away. People still have boats. They still need places to put them. Zoning. I suppose. Like, once the boathouses are gone in this marina, I guess they'll go to non-covered boathouses. Like, there's lots of slips for boats and whatnot that are just docks. I don't exactly know why a boathouse isn't allowed. I'm sure there's an actual honest-to-God answer, but I'm not the one to answer it. Um, But that seems to be the way things go. And even some some, uh, older cottages, there's a cottage that a acquaintance of my father purchased and he wanted to tear it down and rebuild because it's waterfront but can't because some sort of heritage thing the house is a heritage piece yes so he's not allowed to tear it down so he bought it like six years ago yeah has left the windows open he's just letting it fall just let it pair become condemned and then he can do something about it that's funny how that works i mean it's 
very thinly veiled, but I guess if that's what makes the difference, then so be it. But Start pouring like carpenter ants into your house and get a bunch of mice termites and, and termites and everything. And no, uh, it's it's very interesting to go back there, like where my my cottage that, or the cottage that my parents had when I was younger uh, is because it's all so different. Like they look like mansions now. Back. 17 to 20 years ago they looked like cottages like when you looked they're like yeah this is this is what you would picture a cottage to look like and even back then like my parents renovated their cottage probably like five years before they had to sell it and that just with everything kind of kick-started once one cottage starts to look nice the other people decide oh well maybe time for a new roof new that and now kind of unrecognizable they're all beautiful but they're so nice you would think you have to live there like all year round and one of my family members does and they spent their first winter in long point this winter he's like it is the most depressing thing because there's nobody there we are the last roads to be snowplowed there's not a soul around and because i mean it's it's it would be interesting you have to go what influenced the decision to live there full time good price on their house they're retired i feel like i guess if you're retired that's probably maybe, enough maybe a reason. house in florida is probably a better idea but <laughs> it might, for, might very well be you know eight months out of the year it'd be bearable to beautiful beautiful bearable to beautiful um and then four months it will go from bearable to cold It'd be fun. I remember going to the cottage in the winter, and there was always that prep to heat it up and whatnot, but ice fishing was fun. Yeah, ice fishing. On Lake Erie? Yeah, not bad. So, I've never ice fished at Lake Erie. I have many, many years ago. Not skillfully. I was a child. Ch- children always have the best luck. That's why the adults like to keep children around when they're fishing. I remember going fishing with my father and my brother and my dad and I caught a few and for the entire two hours I don't think my brother lifted his line so there was no fish no nothing as we were packing up reeled in and he must have had a bite and never realized it because there were dead fish on the other end of the line I guess he had just died from something I don't know he hooked a dead fish or because I don't know. That's happened to my dad once, actually, because he ice fishes a lot. But I used to catch turtles all the time. Got a turtle. Annoying. Not in the winter, off. though. Not in the winter. I'm not talking about ice fishing no. at this point. We went real fishing. Oh no, I real fish. Well, non ice fishing, <laughs> summer fishing. Hmm. So he had water fishing. So he snagged a dead fish. I don't know. I up until Were you, you trolling. Said that's, well, I mean, up until you told that story, I thought. Perhaps the fish had just given up the battle, and it wasn't dead at the beginning because the fi- From what I remember, the fish had looks like it had consumed whatever bait was on the. That's the crazy. I. It just sat there on the. Lo- It'd be very interesting to know how that could happen, where a fish wouldn't give you a fight enough to realize just it. Commit suicide. Yeah. It's like done. I'm hooked. I'm done. Because I've heard of people getting dead fish on the end of the line that have already been like rotting on the bottom of the lake or whatever which is still kind of unlikely but i went wakeboarding once when i was younger and i landed on a dead fish and it smelled horrible that was on the shore yeah yeah just i didn't see it and then i fell and then i was basically like it was right it was oh it wasn't good no no terrible smell it was so i mean that's one of the things i did this weekend and then i went to the falls which was stupid but i figured why not try to see clifton hill on a long weekend holiday probably nuts uh i'm good i don't have to ever go to it for canada day like this was busy enough for me this was already too busy too busy for it to be enjoyable <laughs> Canada Day was something else. Yes, Canada Day would be something else, but we went down to the falls to celebrate George's 35th birthday. So Nice. Yeah. So it was good. Um, more movie prep work. 
obviously, because we're less than two weeks out now, and that's exciting. Got props in order, yeah, for the most well, part. Working on it, and then we wardrobes. need outfits. Yeah, wardrobes, wardrobes big deal. And, and it's just hours, hours of work. Um, I had an experience. I've never done this before. And it's not a good experience, and it's surprisingly painful. I feel stupid because other things have been more painful, but I've taken them better than this. I was making Melissa dessert on Thursday. I went into our cupboard. And one of those Costco-size full cooking sprays fell out of the cupboard and onto my big toe. Oh, fun. And I said things. I swore, oh boy. Melissa said she thought I was mad at her. Obviously I wasn't, it was my own fault. But it hurt. And now my toenail is black and it's going to fall off. Oh, good. That's like my finger right now. Right now it's, it's about half off. Terrific. You can see it like lifting up from the bottom. Lovely. Yeah. It's not pleasant. No, not really. I The biggest question I have is once it starts coming off from the bottom, how much longer does it take? Because it's still just as tight as it normally would be on the front. Weird. Yeah. I read, I've read some articles, and it's what's happening is the new nail's growing underneath it. So as the new nail grows, it'll loosen the other one. Eventually. But it takes a long time to grow a nail. Fucking wearing anything that's not flip-flops right now is painful. Like, socks is horrible on this toenail. So I would have much... I'd, minus the fact that I wouldn't want to have taken... It was a hammer to the finger, right? Yeah, hammer. I, I would have still preferred the same scenario, but I'd prefer it not on my toe. I would have taken my finger. Well, it's the funny thing, too, where, like, the finger that got broken wasn't the one that has the fucked up fingernail. So, clearly, you can break fingers without fucking up your nail that much. Terrific. Yeah. You learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. Well, some things I've learned a lot of in the past week or so is the, what it requires to do a grow-up. Yes, I see. Quite a bit, actually. It's crazy. Seen, I've seen all the grow setup and stuff. It, it's it's interesting. Shout out to Bobby. Yeah, Bobby. I actually I've been talking to him a little bit recently too. But but no, I I can appreciate the amount of effort that goes into like all the duct work and most of the duct work. Duct work looks like it sucks. For anybody who's had to like install a dryer vent or something before, I hate fucking trying to get the stupid flexible <laughs> duct work onto the onto the dryer vent. It's a pain in the ass. Well, it looks good. Yeah. And is that for year-round use, or is it just for when the winter comes and you have to move stuff from... It makes more sense in the winter. People seem to grow... Like, we, we should get Bobby back on here, but people seem to grow a lot he with wants to, LEDs. He's coming after his trip to um, Amsterdam. Yep. Like, his honeymoon is coming up. People seem to grow a lot with, like, LEDs and stuff, so it's nice and cool or whatever. So you probably could do it year-round. Although, he, I, when I talked to him recently, he said that he was growing cannabis outdoors, which is makes more sense for the summer by a long shot. Yes. you get to take advantage of the light that's free, and you don't really have to moderate the environment as much, although you have less control by that standard as well. So if you're really good at what you're doing, you could probably still get better results indoors, plus an electrical bill and whatever else comes along with it. Are you happy with your outdoor progress? Hmm. No, it's just free range. I, I'm curious as to all these people that are... Um, I, I know a couple of people that say that they found, you know, like... They basically have like a farmer's field out in the middle of nowhere with like hundreds of plants. And clearly that would be into illegal territory. But it's interesting to... I wonder if they're going to ha- get any good results. Because you could easily have all these people growing cannabis around here. Have a male plant and fuck everybody over in a certain vicinity because it'll just you know pollinate all of their female plants and you just get really seedy weed stuff that would be pretty much unconsumable it's a big risk for the outside growers there was always tell of uh certain farmers in tilsonburg that would um keep a certain part of their field hidden away specifically for pot growing and now, I mean, since it's legal to a certain extent, up to a certain point, I'm not sure if that's Four still plants true. is the rule. I don't even know if it was true Perhaps back then, so. but it's so, it's weird how, I, I don't know if perspective changes or whatnot, but years ago I thought, 
know, Tilson Rick's really good and whatnot, there, but now there's robberies, there's drug busts all over, and I don't remember that from when I was younger. So did the meth just roll into Tilsonburg when I rolled out, or was it always there? Who knows? I don't know. I Probably I could go back and look at news reports and figure that out. But could, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Big meth problem in Tilsonburg? No, not a big meth problem, but every so often there's a drug bust that's not pot, it's cocaine or meth and whatnot, and you're like, well... That's not how I remember it. No. And it's only been nine, ye- ten, nine, nine years. So, mm. I, I don't know. Um, There's, yeah, no, I never really lived in a town small enough that I'd be surprised uh, by those kind of goings on. Niagara's a, You kind of knew everybody. Yeah. I was... Waiting. See that it strikes me strange that the town could have been that small just because it's such a bigger place than what's the population of Tilsonburg now? Sixteen thousand, give or take. I guess that's still pretty small. I would have thought it would be much bigger with the size of the mall and the downtown area and all that. It's the Tilsonburg Mall also acts as kind of a hub, right? Like Tilsonburg is sixteen thousand, but there's communities of a thousand or five hundred and whatnot. So it's it, it probably caters to maybe up to 10,000 more people. I don't know. Maybe that's a bit of a stretch. Maybe 5,000, but there's definitely more people around that aren't classifiably in Tilsonburg. Like, I mean, I know you don't know the exact distance, but uh, like the wedding that we did for Blaine and Kelsey. We went to Blaine and Kelsey's place. Yeah. That's not Tilsonburg. Nope. That's eight minutes away from Tilsonburg. Where's their closest mall? Tilsonburg. Where are they going to go? Tilsonburg, very likely. Where are they going to go for golf? Otterville. Yes. Or a wedding. But. Or a wedding. Good <laughs> golf course. Yes, very good golf course. Um, so yeah, it's it was truly a place where everybody knew you, and I was sitting in a grocery store parking lot on Saturday with the windows down. Melissa was grabbing something, and I was sitting there thinking, in Tilsonburg, I'd be very, very likely to be sitting here and the person who pulls up beside me, I might know. Like, there might be an interaction. Be like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, not not so much here. There's too many people. Yeah, Niagara's a big place. And I like it, but there's too many people. For that to happen, I like a lot of people. Some people that seem to be good at the social networking thing that might have, if you have, I don't know, 2,000 friends that you vaguely remember enough to... to see their face or whatever then probably could find people you know constantly especially if you frequent the same spots it's I'm, true i'm sure people that go to the casinos all the time have friends that go to the casinos all the time and they could spot a lot of different people it's true even if it's the dealers even if it's the dealers you would know people but now that's i guess that's something in small town life that you lose but i don't know why i'm getting reminiscent about something like that because i don't really care about that in general just something i noticed Hmm. um i was wrong i think i said here on here a few times that the new lion king movie was going to make two billion dollars it's not going to Hmm? yeah it didn't work out but did very well it's still a hit did you see it not yet maybe tomorrow i don't know i don't think i would bother yeah it's. It looks like from a cinematography angle, it looks like it would be beautiful to watch just to see how far digital cinematography has come. Like there's not a single frame of real world imagery in that movie. It's 100% CG. So to see how perfect they can make a sunset compared to what a digital sunset would look like in the 90s or even the early 2000s, that's cool. But... It's not going to make $2 billion. It might make one and a half because it's already surpassed one and it's only on weekend number three. So it's very possible, but just thought I'd throw that out there. There was another movie that we said we should see was the uh, Quentin... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, Tarantino. Which we should see. You still haven't seen it? I haven't seen it yet. Perfect. Because I I was talking to um, Josh about it and he went to go see it after I talked to him about it. What did he say? I don't know. He didn't. Tell, I didn't. <laughs> he didn't tell me how 
how good it was or not. But that's okay, because that's what I'd prefer. I'd like to go into it with nothing. Um, all the critics that I've listened to have said that it's not a normal paced movie. Like, things happen in this movie that wouldn't work in other narratives and whatnot, which sounds like it's good. Like, Quentin Tarantino and Spielberg and all the big people, though some of them don't do it as much as they should, they've learned the fundamentals, obviously. They've exceeded at the fundamentals. And Quentin Tarantino always seems to push the envelope. He does things, tries to make them mainstream when they don't follow a mainstream arc or they don't follow, like, mainstream storytelling. And Spielberg's fucking making West Side Story. When does that come out? Next year. Hmm. It's a while from now. I, it's interesting, I suppose. I guess every director at some point maybe decides that he wants to have some sort of movie of every genre in his repertoire. So for Spielberg to say, I'm going to remake a musical classic from the 1960s. It's a bit out there, but okay. Maybe he has a real musical side to him that we've never seen. It is interesting to just dive into a new category like that. Like, well, I've mastered sci-fi and horror and whatnot. What haven't I done? I've done dramas, historical dramas, uh, musical. Let's let's try a musical. Sure, I, I, I'm I'm intrigued. But if there was any musical you'd like to see Spielberg do. Which would it be? Because I'd imagine it's not West Side Story. Oh, well, West Side Story. Have you ever seen... Do you know what it is? I think I do, but I might be wrong. It's Romeo Juliet, New York, right? Like, it's a That's shark, it, yeah. It's I've, the Jets I've seen it. versus the Sharks. Yeah. It's a good movie, but it's not the best movie of all time. It's not the best musical of all time. No. Um, see, I don't want to answer musical because that pinholes him. I want to see Spielberg do a Bond movie. That'd be interesting. Exactly. And he... I hate it when business comes... I, I could see it being closer to, like, the Casino Royale, like, the more modern yeah. Bonds. He wouldn't do an older Bond no. that well, I don't think. Um, an older style. But I hate it when business comes in between creative vision, because even Spielberg has joked, he was like, for years, I wanted to do a Bond movie, and they never let me. And now, they can't afford me. <laughs> Like, well, they could. If you if you let them. If you let but, them. Uh, musical for Spielberg to recreate. Uh, um, the sound of music, but maybe like a, a dramatic. Oh, no, because that's kind of his. Like, it's not like historical. <laughs> that's why I, I want to see it completely reimagined, mostly. If you get away with such a thing. Sound of music. Um, I don't know. There's not a lot of musicals that I think should be remade. Like, uh, Sound of Music might be the best one. It's either that or for some weird reason, like, if uh, Spielberg wants to relive his time in the 50s, like, get him to do the gritty reboot of Grease. A gritty reboot? Well, the original musical is quite... The original original script, uh, the John Travolta character dies at the end. Like, in the car chase, he just dies. So hmm. the, it's it's quite... It's not as family-friendly as the John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John movie made it out to be. Hmm. So it's possible. But no, Sound of Music's pretty good. Or... I guess West Side Story makes sense because there's not a lot of other musicals that would really work. The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Give him something really. Ooh, I don't know if I'd say Steven. Steven Spielberg might do a good job. There are probably lots of other directors that could have a real good stab at The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, but like Tim Burton tried with yeah, Tim Burton The would... Oz and The Great and Powerful, and that was good, but that's a movie where, kind of like how I said, I hate it when finances come in between. Marketing, because mm. Oz the Great and Powerful was done by Disney, if I remember right. It wasn't MGM. <clears throat> Might have been Sony, but it wasn't done by MGM. And the Oz books are in the public domain. The thing that isn't in the public domain is The Wizard of Oz, starring Judy Garland. 
And some things have fallen out of the public domain with her, like the ruby slippers or the yellow brick road. Can't call it a yellow brick road. Not in movies. It wasn't called that in the book? It was. And it was called that in the Judy Garland movie. But they own the copy. I don't see that. That's strange. That's how business is weird. Can't call the lion the cowardly lion. You got a lion that's scared. Can't be cowardly. Can't call him cowardly. So (laughs) That's nonsense. Yes. So there's certain things in the movie where they meet a lion. Like, if I'm remembering it right, there is a lion briefly in Oz the Great and Powerful. And it's supposed to be referenced. It's a cowardly lion, but it doesn't go anywhere because it can't because of illegal nonsense. So kind of like Spider-Man. Spider-Man is actually one of the biggest legal battles in current cinema right now because Sony owns the film rights to Spider-Man. Disney went to Sony and said, okay, we want to do Spider-Man right. You need us to do Spider-Man right because otherwise you're going to have rebooted it twice in a decade. And here's what we propose to do. Well, they did it. They did it really well with uh, Iron, Iron Man, Captain America, Civil War, and all the subsequent films. And now the contract with Sony has expired and nobody knows what's going to happen. They've made Spider-Man more valuable, so anything is going to be more expensive for Disney. Yep. And if Disney decides not to pursue the the current Spider-Man storyline, Sony can actually use Tom Holland in their Spider-Man movies. So it gets really weird. At least you get a little bit more continuity that way. Yes, except Tom Holland has now been Disney Marvel Spider-Man versus the Sony Venom universe, because Venom came out last year. That's part of their thing. It wasn't very good. No, it wasn't. It was fun, but it wasn't good. No. Um, and then if Disney doesn't do another Spider-Man movie, Sony can't just use Spider-Man Homecomings or Far From Home's MJ or the sexy Aunt May. Like, none of that can be used again unless Disney does it. Hmm. Law is weird. This whole what you can do and you can't do thing is just stupid. Intellectual property law, specifically. Yes. Like, you can, you can have a character named Aunt May. She can be Peter Parker's aunt. But she can't be portrayed as a young brunette, apparently. See, it, it seems really dumb when it's taken into the, the context of media and like just pop culture and all these things. But I, I think it gets a lot more in the way when you get talking about perhaps inventions and more engineering feats and scientific things. Yeah. Because there's probably lots of things that have certain rights and laws associated with them that are, are stopping other people from taking something that's patented and making it perhaps cheaper, like you could say, for instance, certain drugs that are on the market that are overpriced, or or maybe there's a technology or some kind of circuit you could use in, I don't know, something as simple as audio hardware that could be proliferated to the masses, and you know everybody could have such great devices in their pocket if only some greedy owner of a patent didn't just keep it. It's a lot more nefarious in that way. Have you heard recently about how well, what the U.S. drug plan is going to be in the future, possibly? That's not what I thought you were going to ask. So I will talk about what I thought you were going to ask. My answer there is no. So you can tell me. I'm going to get more water. What's the drug plan going to be? This is an oversimplification because I don't really feel like explaining it, nor do I understand the nuances. But essentially, Canada gets good deals on drug prices because we have laws that allow us to negotiate with drug companies and we, and we got a pretty good thing going even though we want to still get lower prices on some things and the u.s doesn't just due to their typical stances on capitalism yes but now there are there's certain inklings that they could they're saying basically oh well we can just go to canada for drugs and buy their drugs that are already cheaper that have been already negotiated for with the drug companies and and this is a huge problem because it overtaxes or like overstrains the Canadian drug system where we're basically we have drugs to supply you know the whatever population within you know around 30 million people or whatever but now you're looking at a country that's so many times bigger with so much higher drug needs specifically for stuff like insulin that they there's now not enough drugs if they're going to try start buying what we have we couldn't 
essentially supply our own citizens. That is another complicated area, how all of that should be handled. Um, I'm not sure if the Canadian, like, whenever you talk about, oh, it's better to be Canadian, it's better to be American, the free healthcare always seems to come into play. And I agree that we are very lucky with that, even though nowadays it's also very common for people to complain that even though it's free, it takes so goddamn long to see a doctor. And taxes are very high, but yes, it's not really free, but sure. But at the same time, if it was private health care and you had to pay 100% out of pocket, like you do in the States, unless you have a health plan, did you, you got your hand x-rayed, right? Yep. Did you have to pay for it? Nope. You probably would have if you were in the States or you wouldn't have got it x-rayed. Right, because I'm assuming your job in in my place. I mean, something like WSIB and, and other insurances that are around employee health would probably step in. And I think there's many of those things in the states. If you're well, then maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I don't pretend a, to know. A workplace that. accident probably would have some precedence in the states. At least it, it really depends. Like if I did this at home, yeah, I'd be screwed in the states for sure. Here, it's pretty much the same as have it having it happen at work, but. So. Um, but I think the there's probably lots of things that can be done on both sides of the scale. We could make things a lot better in Canada, and they could also do a lot to improve things in the States. I read an article about the uh, death, uh, uh, death investigation buildings in the States. So when someone dies, dies of mysterious circumstances all the death investigators that do the the um post-mortem and the son of a bitch uh the hell uh the not dissection what the hell is it Autopsy. autopsy there we go jesus sorry dad um like the autopsy a, a lot of times they're now outsourced to third-party companies that are severely underqualified and understaffed and whatnot and stuff like that. Although I suppose it's not healthcare. It's the exact opposite end of healthcare. It's death care. Whole world fucked, basically. And I'll just, I had a point. The state's healthcare is very fragmented in the sense that it's no real surprise that the reason why it's so expensive for people that don't have health insurance is because they have to jack up the prices so that way they get their minimum amount for people that do have health insurance because the insurance companies will only pay a certain percentage of the bill. And that's a problem. So there should be some sort of privatized, or not privatized, uh, open healthcare in the States, but that's a lot of fucking people. It's a lot of people. A lot of issues resulting from obesity and other epidemics yeah. that sweep across the United States. I mean, stuff like st- simple things like I don't know injuries due to getting shot are much <laughs> higher. Yes, um, drug overdose related issues, and, and there's there's High. lots of things that are much higher in the country apart from them having many multiple times the population that Canada does. I don't know if universal health care could work quite as well as it does here in Canada. I also wonder if it'd be too late to start. Mm. There's so many people, so many issues. If you started universal health care at a point where the diabetic population was low, maybe you'd keep them healthier and non-diabetic so you would never have to worry about insulin being a rampant drug of needed, of high need. But starting now... The obesity rate in Canada, I think, is probably pretty bad, too, and, and of course, diabetic rate, too. So, I don't know. It's an expensive thing to decide. I think anything like that, you, you have to really know your economics and whatnot to figure stuff like that out. Because, I, I don't know, you could say, yeah, free healthcare for all, but we'd go into debt hardcore if it wasn't properly thought out. In the States, I mean, here, obviously. 
we're making it work with extremely high taxes compared to some places, but seems relatively worthwhile. I don't really have any complaints. Granted, my time at the hospital is fairly minimal. And the time that I have spent in the hospital, like the back surgery that I had would have been close. Drugs in whatnot would have been close to a million bucks in the States. Absolutely crazy. And I paid $25. (laughs) So. See, that's more extensive usage than I think most people would have, though, still of the hospital. Because I don't know. Most people... Do most people end up like you know staying a night in a hospital from birth till the age of like fifty or something like that? Like, is it, it depends. A common thing? Like, there's tonsils, but is that day surgery or is that staying over? I can't. Remember. I don't. I don't think you'd be staying overnight anymore. I can't remember. Maybe there was techniques before that were a bit more taxing, Maybe. but um, I don't think so. Pregnancy, you'd stay over if you yeah. giving birth. So at least the female population is using yeah. that to their advantage. Um, I don't. Uh, most people probably, if you're if you're doing things okay, you probably wouldn't be spending nights in the hospital at least till you hit a certain age. Uh, tonsils, no. Was the broken bone, maybe. Possibly, yeah. You so, need something that's like you know raised, so you're not having. So you immobilize it or whatever. So yeah, broken bone, perhaps. But in general, no. You're right. Most people actively try to avoid and thankfully do avoid spending nights in the hospital one or more so yes i am kind of rare in the case that i've spent a good chunk of time in a hospital and it cost me nothing except for 25 dollars, and that was for the drugs which as we talked about is a very good price for extremely powerful painkillers yeah you think that they cost quite a bit more no Pretty much the price of a big bottle of a ibuprofen or something. Yeah, but the oxycodines would kick its ass. Oh yes, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure they would. Um, yeah, making decisions on that scale is very interesting. I was watching a documentary on Amazon, specifically their Prime Day and how they do everything, and how they're taking over sectors of the the shipping industry that they've been planning to do for decades or. I suppose they've only been around for no what two less than they've been around since the 90s okay so so i could say ah whatever even a decade rather like now they're becoming more independent they're not relying on the postal service they're doing it themselves so buying their own airplanes and stuff like that that means that you have to really understand the logistics of where everything has to be based on who's going to order what and there's algorithms at play but they're like we're not just basing it off of algorithms where it's crazy and to be at the top and figure out how you get oreo cookies from a warehouse in a to the consumer in b in a day and then realize it's a lot of little shipping oreo cookies on a private jet that we own the interesting thing is, I, I can't remember what they used to call it, but it was a big thing, I think, when Trump was trying to get elected or, or something. They were talking about how the U.S. Postal Service was taking the brunt of the last mile or last whatever yeah. leg of the journey shipping. And it was this big complaint, like Amazon's taking advantage of the U.S. Postal Service. Are they doing, is Amazon doing their own door-to-door type stuff now, too? So what Amazon does now... And it's very smart. Someone know the answer to this, I think. Pardon? Someone know the answer to the question I'm asking. But. Is they've outsourced delivery companies, third-party yep. delivery companies. And they have even went as far as to let employees in their warehouses or lower-level um, places uh, sign up for up to $10,000 in business grants to become a shipping and delivery company. So that way Amazon has part in a company that delivers for Amazon. So a lot of it is just third party. It's more so in the States than here, but you are finding it more like in, in, I know Niagara, Intelcom is a big deliverer of Amazon. The the funny thing is with a lot of these companies too, their customer service sucks. Actually, they provide an interesting level of service to, to you, I would say, because 
a lot of times when I get a package delivered now, the person will take a picture of the package on the porch and include it as like the delivered item. Well, that's good. So it's sort of a more, there's more feedback associated with it. You can see, you know, what it was delivered, what the package looked like. I don't know if something went missing, at least you'd have a reference point of when in the day it went missing. Like for instance, the other day I ordered about four things at the same time and they all showed up at different times. But I got these pictures that I could see what got <laughs> delivered first because, you know, so-and-so's on the porch and whatever. If something was missing, I'd be like, well, that item went missing between this, this time, time and this time. Yeah, It's kind of a little bit more information for the end user, not that you hopefully would have to use it, but I, I kind of like it. It's diff- And I'm getting deliveries on Sundays now. Well, yes, the, the Sunday too. delivery is, is interesting. And they do get paid well, surprisingly. Um, I know their hours are long, but I've talked to a manager of one of the delivery companies. You have two, actually. Although not as extensively as I, perhaps. And he does about 800 bucks a week doing it. So. Not bad. I mean, as a... If you're working really, really hard, that's, you know, it's not crazy money. But if, it, I don't, if it's normal hours, then... Well, I don't know bad. exactly what the hours entail, but... Even if it's slightly more than normal, but you're just driving around, it might beat some jobs out there. Yeah, I'm sure you have lots of expenses on your own vehicle, because that's what you'd have to be using. No? No. You just provide your own gas. Company vehicle, your own gas. He's just an employee? Uh, he, He is an employee of Intelcom. Yeah. And that's... I mean, he kind of explained it. Company vehicle, you provide the gas, you have to hit a certain amount, obviously, of parcels per day delivered in good time. So for stuff like that, I suppose it's like any other delivery company. But Hmm. you're paid more if the person is home and they sign for it versus if you leave it on the door. It's interesting. Uh, Most of them have always done the method of just throw it at the doorstep and run. Like, don't knock, just run. Well, I'm sure at a certain extent it becomes a numbers game. Like, if I'm late with 10 of these parcels because I'm running late, these people are going to be pissed off. So is it worth me just leaving them on the door and only taking $3 per delivery versus 4 or whatever? Yeah. I don't know what the metrics are. Um, but I don't know. But, yes, that's, what's Am- that's what Amazon is doing. And then they are as we've mentioned before experimenting with drones and sidewalk robots hmm. that will deliver parcels right to your door and they're just rolling down the sidewalks that's cool yeah feels like something out of like fallout or something well it's happening there there's one as well where i, I forget what vehicle company it was but there's one where they could use a system with there's a way for the amazon carrier to open the trunk of your car if your car is in like a parking lot or somewhere and you don't have an address say you're staying at a hotel your car is parked in some lot somewhere delivery service can get into your trunk put the package in the trunk and close it hmm. which is it's interesting i mean if you're somewhere out of town you could take delivery without an address yeah yeah and it's all location based on your car i don't know how exactly you get your position of your car maybe there's a gps involved in it but kind of a neat idea and then that ties in to the transport truck industry too because there's a lot more ai controlled transport trucks out on the road and all these transport drivers are disliking it and then some of the other ones are like well there's not much i can do and the transport truck drivers or the ai controlled transport trucks they don't do the last mile either. Like there's something intricate about that. So they just employ a bunch of mm. transport, tri- transport drivers that just do short hauls. And all they do is do the last mile <laughs> drive. So some of them are like, the pay is not as good as it was, but I get to see my family. And that's not yeah. something. Get to stay local. Yeah. It's kind of so nice. There are, there are benefits to it. And like research has shown that as many retail jobs have closed, like I think the last number, yeah, it might have been in 20, 2018 or over the course of two years, I think in the States there was like 440,000 retail jobs that were changed or closed or whatnot. But thankfully, although it has its own 
cases and set of problems, about 440,000 of warehouse jobs for places like Amazon and whatnot were created. Hmm. So somewhat equal, slightly different working environments, but especially because the Amazon warehouses are apparently horrible to work for. Yeah, that's every big business once everybody seems to catch on. It's pretty much like that for everybody. I mean, you could go back all the way to like Ford, where people started getting jobs at Ford, and Ford paid better than anybody else. But then soon after that, and you know, maybe a decade later or so, people were just railing on how awful the working conditions were and, and so many bad things about it. And, and I think Amazon's the same way, where I heard nothing but good things at first. And, oh, Amazon's coming to the city. It's going to be so good for jobs. And everybody loves their jobs at Amazon. And then suddenly it flips. Suddenly the jobs are horrible for some reason. Well, once again, uh, like I think there's work, work rules that are different in the States or in Canada. But like some of the warehouses, I think there's one in like one of the like New Mexico or some super, super hot place. And warehouses aren't permitted for AC. It's your metal, your metal building. It's out in the sun. People running. Sounds brutal. Multiple football fields per day. It doesn't sound pleasant, especially for what they're getting paid. And of course, like in every big business, they really shoot down anybody who talks about a union mm-hmm. or whatnot. So it'll be interesting. Speaking of interesting, and it has something to do with AI. Uh, Photoshop. Their uh, content-aware feel is now more powerful and crazier than ever. Cool. I look forward to trying that out then. I don't know how recent the update has been. I just found it the other day, and I could not believe it. It is creating, like, say, say for example, you know that sunset photo, the waves that I took in Florida? That's the one that I experimented with. That was the first one I used. Okay. Uh, I increased the size of the photo by like 30% lengthwise. And I had a content aware fill that blank canvas, telling it kind of where roughly to choose from. And it just made it look like a huge beach. I couldn't believe it. Like it even worked with kind of focal length almost. And I did have to tell it not to pick from the sun. Yeah, I didn't want to double don't sun. repeat that. But uh, I, all I did was kind of erase the sun area, and it did it unbelievably. It seems like every leap and bound is very impressive so far as the content aware goes in the in Photoshop. Well, I'm doing the 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 food, like I'm editing the menu for the food photos that we took. I basically don't have to have to like cut anymore. I can just do. Um, I can tell it to kind of grab the subject of the photo and it'll more often than not get it 70 to 90 percent right then i can just fix it so there's a lot of inner workings there that's really neat i used to use a lot well even just experimenting with the things i can do in photoshop like even at this point it feels like it must have been like seven or eight years ago at least but like yeah i'd like to go back to it it almost has lost its appeal though in some sense too because doing photography work like wedding work whatever there's, there's no application for that for the most part just because i'm not really making an entirely fake situation for the my average shoot no i can see there's lots of graphic artists and, and other people who use it a lot and a lot of people that i'd follow on instagram but at the same point in time it's not really for me it's just a cool thing that the program can do well, one day i was experimenting and i saw the content aware and it blew my mind when i when i saw it for the first time and i thought this is this is crazy. Um, and it it just, it works. It's cool. It's neat. They, they do definitely deliver on the fact that they would say we will continuously update. Yeah. If you're going to pay us monthly, we will continuously update. And that's why everybody switched over to Creative Cloud a long time ago for the most part. I don't know anybody else who's still rocking CS6 or whatever. Well, you can if you have it, but yeah. nobody typically does i still have it on my old laptop or my laptop but that's just for ease of use but um no they do a good job and obviously the content aware for adobe premiere or sorry after effects that was a neat idea and it works apparently although it will kill your 
computer for a little bit as mm-hmm. it computes it. Um, but definitely very, very handy. Do you find yourself using your MacBook Pro much anymore? Yes, but n- not for more than typing, really. Like, I don't have Adobe Premiere on it, so it's not for video editing. It's typing no. and browsing and whatnot. It, when it goes and I upgrade to a laptop, that might change. But I've been thinking of that quite a bit recently just because the biggest thing stopping me from doing more as far as stuff in Adobe or whatever is mostly just I have to be at home. I have to be at my desktop. Even my desktop's kind of bogged down with all the stuff I have on it. I have to probably do a fresh you know, boot of Windows or whatever. But I'm still pondering the idea like I always have just getting a laptop. I really liked something that I could take on the go and it have. It was the best when I was using Final Cut. It's just... Yeah. Like, it, it was... Although, Adobe Premiere is so much better. So I can't really say that it, it was a better experience, but it was so nice to be portable and then being able to switch from the computer to the laptop. But, only time will tell. It's still kicking ass for what it needs to do. Like, I don't have any issues with that laptop. No. This generally slows down over time. If, if you're using a lot of... Um brushes and stuff in photoshop you can definitely see the lag but i'm not doing any of that anymore no if you're not doing that you're fine now that it's kind of in its it's golden years where it has served its purpose and now it's retired and it's just kind of a expensive typewriter um i look back at everything i've done with it and it was definitely worthwhile it's traveled with me all over it's been to italy it's been to dominican it's been been a few different places hasn't ever failed on me so it was good and now it's enjoying its yesteryears typing up scripts and continuity lists and all that other bunch of shit and the cloud has made that easier i'm sure where you can just keep files fluid from your desktop here saving to the nas yeah it's even better it's private yeah and it works very very well so one day, but I don't need it because all the work that I'm doing now is on my desktop and keeping my work in one space and knowing that this computer is meant like for video editing and whatnot. The other one is my mobile type and every so often I'll still write with my iPad, so I can't can't uh, discount that either. So this has been a fun little sit down and talk for I guess an episode in between when we have a guest next which well, now that I know we have the capabilities we, we have can, a, a setup we're going to build up from here yes we can start decorating the wall yeah we got the beach bomb somewhere somewhere well okay look forward to seeing <laughs> us again in a week from now yeah like a round table discussion with a guest hopefully and maybe another camera angle because yeah. GoPro Do the GoPro. Sounds good. All right. Have a good day. Bye-bye.